This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cattles. He's Greg, I'm Nick. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cattles, brought to you by betonline.ag, the fastest, easiest way to bet on sports. Greg, before we get into that game in Miami, let's first start with some headlines, things that have happened over the last couple of days, beginning with Ty Montgomery going on the IR. Yeah, I mean, look, definitely a concern with uh, already losing James White to retirement. And now you Ty Montgomery pretty, I wouldn't say seamlessly, but he stepped into the receiving back role. Um, you know, we know he was injured, dealing with an injury. He was able to answer the bell this week. Uh, I'm not sure if he got hurt or aggravated it during the game, uh, but He's going on IR. I assume that's short-term IR. And now the focus is going to be on Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson sort of doing double duty, which we saw some of that last week. Um, Damian Harris got a you know a few receptions. Uh, I remember specifically in the red zone, he had, well, at least targets back-to-back in the red zone. And so those guys are going to have to do uh, – more work. So Stevenson had two catches for two yards and Harris had two catches for 10 yards on three targets. So expect more of that. Golden opportunity for Pierre strong, maybe to try to get into the mix after yeah, maybe a not so great preseason, but yeah, I think Ramondre and, and Damian will take the brunt of this. I'd like to see Ramondre out there a little bit more than he was on Sunday. Um, so maybe not the worst thing in the world, even though I thought Montgomery was was pretty good given his role and, and the expectations. Mac Jones is back. He says he's going to be OK. Uh, he obviously looked like a 75 year old man walking through the stadium right after the injury. Uh, how do we feel about this? Yeah, anytime your quarterback is dealing with something and the team reported as a back injury, I don't have any reason to doubt it. He, he's probably the way. Uh, I saw him in the tunnel after the game. He's probably dealing with a back and also an ankle injury as well. Looked like he was, you know, limping decently on the way back into the locker room. Um, These guys deal with a lot of stuff. Do, Do I like that your quarterback's having to deal with an injury in week one of a 17 game season? No. And can he afford to take some of those hard shots like he did against the Dolphins? And and look, the pressure wasn't absurd against Jones, but he did take – there were some free rushers coming, and that has right. to be avoided. And I think that, that has to be job one. I think they have to go back and figure out, you know, number one, how do we protect Mac better? Because that was an issue in that game. And it's something we've talked about leading into this season, right? All the pressure on Mac, literally and figuratively. The offensive line, we had questions. We saw some of those questions on Sunday, the coaching staff, the offensive play calling. We'll get deeper into that. But all of these questions about whether or not Mac was going to be supported as well as he should be supported as a second year quarterback. I don't think any of those questions were answered positively on Sunday. Again, we'll, we'll get more into that as we go on and talk about this game. Kendrick Bourne in the doghouse played what two snaps on Sunday Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Curran reported today that Kraft was not happy, let his uh, feelings known about Bourne not playing as much as he thought he should play. I have a couple of thoughts on this, Greg, but before my sure. thoughts, let's get to yours. Yeah, I mean, look, this has been a summer long thing with Kem- Kendrick Bourne. Um, something's been going on. Uh, I think it's partly his fault. I mean, look, if he was late for a meeting, as Tom reported, uh, you know, that can't happen. Does it, does he need to really be punished three weeks later or what have you four weeks later, whatever it is. Um, I think there's some debate about that, but I, look, there's been a disconnect with Kendrick Bourne even before that. And I think that's the crux of the issue that he, I think we've touched on it before, but um, <clears throat> Kendrick Bourne is the type of player that has to be brought along, um, has to be coached a certain way. And I think the Patriots were able to, he was a new player to them last year. I think Nick Lombardi, the receivers coach, Josh McDaniels, the offensive coordinator and others were able to identify um, how they needed to go about things with Kendrick Bourne. And is that still happening? Is this coaching staff as concerned about that stuff? Or are they more of a, you're getting paid, you're a professional, do your freaking job. I don't have to, I shouldn't have to hold your hand type of thing. 
that could be part of it as well. But whatever it is, look, it was evident to everybody watching the game on Sunday that the Patriots, A, didn't have enough playmakers on the field, B, wasn't putting the ball into the hands of their playmakers, and you know, having Kendrick Bourne on the field and being uh, uh, an important part of the offense, uh, that would help a lot in terms of playmaking ability. Number of things. Patricia and Judge's history as head coaches precedes themselves here. Uh, not a lot of players, especially Good at the point. very beginning of both of their tenures, were in love with playing for those guys. There are a lot of questions coming out of New York. And if you saw Brian Dayball this past weekend, uh, already it feels like the Giants have a much better coach than when they had Joe Judge. But, you know, he didn't always rub people the right way. Matt Patricia did not rub people the right way in Detroit at times. The Darius Slay thing was a big issue and resulted in Slay being traded. He was their best player, especially on the defensive end. And he and Patricia did not see eye to eye. So uh, I think those questions are, are legitimate questions about the coaching staff and whether or not they can feel players and, and understand where they're coming from and coach them to the best of their ability and whether they care or not about coaching those players to the best of their ability. Second thing, I notice a lot of people siding with Kendrick Bourne, and I tweeted this out earlier today at Nick C Radio. This is driving me flipping nuts. I'm not telling you Bourne's a bad guy, right? But mm-hmm. how many times have we seen Belichick and his coaching staff discipline guys for going against team rules, for violating team rules, for violating team policy? And it, it seems to me that the people that years ago would be like, yeah, Bill, that's right. You got to draw the line, right? Discipline, do your job. They were fine with that kind of stuff when the team was winning and when the offense looked better. Now when the team is losing and the offense doesn't look good and you lack explosion, now people want to turn around and go, oh, what the hell? You're going gonna to play the guy two snaps for missing a meeting? Wes Welker missed a portion of a playoff game because he <laughs> talked about feet at a press conference. Like mm-hmm. we, we have to stay consistent. Greg mentioned this last week, I think it was, or two weeks ago. You know, have we changed or have, you know, has the team changed? Have the expectations changed? Like, and when you look at this, Kendrick Bourne was late for a team meeting. They decided that he needed to be punished. I know people say, well, three weeks, four weeks later. You know my take on that? Who cares if you punish somebody, quote unquote, during the preseason? You think Kendrick Bourne, you think the message is going to land if you sit Kendrick Bourne in a preseason game? You think the message is going to land because you send them home from a joint practice? No. If you want the punishment to land with the person who violated the policy, you do it when it matters. You do it when it counts. So you wait until week one because that's the game that matters. Because Kendrick Bourne, guess what? Wants to be out there. He wants to be targeted when the games matter. So that's why you take three or four weeks. The preseason means nothing. So you wait until the moment where it really will affect and impact the player and hope that you get the most out of him moving forward. And he doesn't skip a practice because, or, or, or a meeting, or he doesn't show up late to a meeting because the next time he won't go, Oh, what am I going to miss a preseason game? (laughs) Yeah. Big deal. No, you're going to miss a game that matters. The last thing I'll say about this. I don't like Robert Kraft meddling. And I have been consistent about this, no matter what team or sport you're talking about. If the owner is the GM, okay, maybe they weigh in on something like a Jerry Jones. But Robert Kraft has been consistent the entire time with Belichick here. He was not going to meddle. He was not going to get in the way of playing time. He was not going to get in the way of coach discipline. And I feel like the owner should stay out of these things. If you want to weigh in on a player's discipline, then get rid of the coach if you don't trust him and how he's handling the players. You have to, as an owner, to me, sit back and do what your job is. And I do not like when owners meddle. And I think Kraft, however it was disseminated to Tommy Curran, Kraft getting kind of in the way and getting involved in this in week one, not a fan of it. Owners, be owners. Let your coaches worry about the team and let your coaches worry about the discipline. And if you don't like what they're doing, then fire their ass. If you don't fire them, then you live with what you've got. It's not your job to be doling out 
discipline for wide receivers. Okay. It's not, it's not, it's not your job responsibility. As much as I love Robert Kraft as an owner, guys, awesome. He rocks. There's no doubt about that, but I just, I don't like owners meddling, Greg. I look, <clears throat> Nick, you, you raise a bunch of valid points and, um, you know, they just, when you were talking about it, um, and first of all, you know, I think it's a valid point about, you know, real punishment and, um, you know, and we, we don't know the circumstances, so it's it's hard to argue about it. Uh, but I do think that's valid. And and especially if maybe and judging from the demeanor that we've seen of Kendrick in the, in the last few weeks, because I, I don't think he's been available to us at all since the whole Panthers preseason game thing. And um, <clears throat> and I think that, uh, you know, did he not learn the lesson? Did he not snap into place? Yeah, that's possible. I think. But the thing is, listening to you, I, I think the overriding thing for me is I can't believe we're talking about this stuff with the New England Patriots after week one of the season. And week let alone the next guy we're going to talk about, Trent Brown. I mean, oh. this this just this just sort of shows you where this team is right now and, and what sort of tenuous ground they are treading that, you know, and I know a lot of people flash back to 2014. I was on Felger and Maz today. Some guys like, Oh, they got it straightened out in 2014 or whatever. And I just went off because it's not the same <laughs> thing anymore. It's not even close. You don't have the same offensive line coach. You don't have the same coordinator. You don't have the same freaking quarterback. And like it, but like all of this stuff is going on now. Like it's, it just seems, you know, this isn't lawyer Malloy. They hate their coach type of thing. It's, you know, it's, it's a different time. You know, they had won a championship and things like that. It's just, it's just interesting that we're talking about all this stuff that sounds like dysfunction when you're talking about the new England Patriots in week one of the 2022 season. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not writing them off by any stretch. It's just, you know, you're right. We're talking about these things right out of the gate. And a lot of these things, what, what, what will bug me the most, and I think we talked about this a few weeks back. If we, you know, kind of look back at this season, we fast forward to say December, and we look back and we, we, we count out all the things like, okay, yep, offensive line wasn't great. Matt Patricia wasn't great. Joe Judge didn't quite work out. Mac Jones didn't develop the way we hoped he did. These are all things that, we're not football experts, but these are all things we have been discussing for the past few months saying, Hey, if it doesn't work out, this is what it's going to look like. It's only one week, but it's, it's to keep a running toll on what's going on. I just, it really bugs me the inconsistency. Like if, if you're, if you're going to praise Bill Belichick for his disciplinary ways and for drawing lines when you're winning and then flip-flop because you're losing, it doesn't work that way. Bill Belichick's not going to walk in after doing this for 23 years in New England and say, hey, you know what, guys? Yeah, you're a little late to a meeting. Oh, well. Like, that's not the, – the dude is 70 years old. How many people that are 70 years old that you have known in your life change at 70 years old? Right. Like, Bill Belichick is who he is for better or worse. And sometimes being stubborn is good. Sometimes stubborn is – is bad and we'll find out with this coaching staff if stubborn was good this time around uh trent brown you just mentioned him i have thoughts on him too but what did you see on the film what did, what did you feel when you watched trent brown it was not good he was um probably my lowest rated patriots player in this game he gave up uh, about half of the pressure that the offensive line allowed in this game i had both sacks on him in this game he had issues with run blocking as well uh, I wouldn't say that you can question his effort. Like I never said, well, he's not trying, but um, do I think that there's question of buy-in with Trent Brown? Like, you know, how much does he give a crap at this point? Yeah, I do think there's questions about that. And again, it's, it's week one and that's alarming. That's the guy you moved from the right side to the left side. And now he's, he's blocking, you know, he's there to block. They thought he was the best option to block Mac Jones's backside and they give up a backside strip sack that's on him in the first game yep. of the season. I mean, that, that, that decision right there. I mean, you know, they signed Marcus Cannon to the practice squad today. And of course, long time right tackle starter. Like you can't help, but, but wonder like, are they thinking down the road? Like is Trent Brown going to check out? Are they going to move Isaiah Wynn back to left? 
put Mark, Marcus Cannon uh, at right tackle. I, I think all options are on the table at this point. There was one run play where it looked like he was either not caring or was totally gassed. And I think it was like the second quarter. If he's totally gassed in the second quarter, uh-oh, you've got, you've got the Trent Brown. He's too big. He's not working. He's not conditioning enough. And uh, he, he's not dependable. If you get that Trent Brown, it's bad news. I also thought the fact that, and I know that he spoke yesterday, and I'll give him credit for speaking yesterday, even though it didn't sound like he pontificated very often in that press conference, that Zoom conference. But to, uh, to play the way that he played, on Sunday and not talk to the media in the post game is weak, just weak. Like, man, stand up, take accountability. Um, you know, admit that you blew the play on the strip sack. Like at least you can take the step, you know, that, that, that bugged me. Um, let's get into, uh, let's get into the game. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the top, the top note from Badad says, uh, after watching the game film, the film was worse than live. It was, and you specifically point to the uh, scoring drive by the Patriots offense. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll get in, we'll get into the nuts and bolts in a second. Cause I kind of want to go through a couple of uh, some key sequences on that drive. And also the two sequences that ended drives in the second half when they right. had a chance to get back into the game. But, you know, just in general, um, you know, Nick, you, we've been doing this a while. Um, You've listened to me for a while. I mean, you know, I've been watching this Patriots offense for, you know, on film in, intensely, probably for about a decade going back to Bill O'Brien. And then, you know, Josh McDaniels came back and like, and yeah, a lot of it was Tom Brady. I got to watch Tom Brady, but like you could, there was always, and you see this with, and I watch other offenses too, other, you know, other smart guys, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay. Like I, I watch these guys because, this is where the league's going. You you see what's out there. Other offensive coordinators watch from these guys, including McDaniels, and borrow from what they do. And so, you know, when I would watch the Patriots before this year, um, it, it didn't take very long to say, like, all right, this is what they're trying to do. These are the matchups they're trying to exploit. Uh, when Mac Jones or Tom Brady goes back to pass, you could almost see the way the coverage is going. They're like, oh, well, you know, this is happening, so the ball's going to go here. I got to tell you, watching the film on Sunday, the first drive was okay until the, the interception, uh, which I had issues with throwing it there and what have you. But just after that first drive, I couldn't figure out what they were trying to do. I could, I it, like, you know, Mac Jones is dropping back and, you know, where he should be going with the ball. He's not going with the ball. Sometimes he's late. Sometimes guy there were, there were plays on that touchdown drive when guys are almost two guys did run into each other. Then there was another one where two guys were in the same area. Um, I see where they have with the two tight ends, the big thing we're paying two tight ends, $25 million a year. We're going to have them on the field. We're going to do outside zone. We're going to feature the tight ends because we have two really good tight ends. And yet, you know, you're barely throwing to them and you're definitely not going for the matchups that they have. They had mismatches when the Dolphins were an answering the Patriots 12 personnel, one running back, two tight ends with base. That means you're getting a safety on one tight end. You're getting a linebacker on the other tight end automatically. That's what the Dolphins are doing. And so. Either way, you have a mismatch. If it's Brandon Jones against Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry has a size advantage against Brandon Jones, the safety. If Johnny yep. Smith is going up against Jerome Baker, Johnny Smith has a speed advantage against Jerome Baker. And Hunter Henry, you kind of like that matchup against Baker too. Yet they're, they're not throwing to that. They're not doing things to accentuate those mismatches. They're instead throwing jump balls to, you know, to Devontae Parker against uh, Howard who – you know, has had his number going back to when they were teammates with the Dolphins. And so, you know, it's just there's no there's no cohesive plan. It's very basic. They ran two personnel packages. They ran play action, I think, twice in the whole game. I thought it was once. It might be twice. Um, twice. You know, they're, they're you know, this is the whole thing with the Shanahan system. All right. You know, you're going to go outside zone run. Then you're going to, then you're going to pull play action off of that same looking run, but then you're going to yep. throw a play action pass off it. That's like the whole offense. 
you know, you I I, I caught some highlights of the Minnesota Vikings. Kevin O'Connell goes out there, was with McVay, knows that system. And all I kept seeing with Vikings highlights was uh, Kirk Cousins, you know, going back, tucking it, doing a really good play action fake, and guys, Jefferson's wide open, Thielen's wide open, because that's what, that scheme that helps get guys wide open. No play action, very little motion, very vanilla sets, and the biggest game, biggest plays of the game, they're going shotgun 11 personnel with three wide receivers, and they're all just standing there, static, <laughs> and then they go out. It's like, dude, like, you got to help these guys out. That's what they got last year with Josh McDaniels, where, you know, when you have an offensive coordinator that says, all right, what do I need to do to help these guys? How do I help these guys get open against this team and this coverage? And this is what I'm going to call. None of that stuff is going on. And, you know, Dan Orlovsky went on his show on Get Up and said, I've never, he's called the Patriots offense dysfunctional. Chris Sims, I was listening to his podcast. I mean, if you don't want to believe me, listen to these other people. Chris Sims, who watches it, says that I don't understand what they're doing with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. I'm trying to figure it out because the offense is a mess. It just is. It's it's a fact at this point. And, like, I, I was just – I was pretty disheartened to watch it finally on film for the first time. All right, it's not a preseason game. They're actually going to run stuff that they think is going to work. And you're just like – I have no idea what they're doing. And I can't help but think that the the players are, are, are going, if they're not already, they're going to be feeling some of that. And and I don't know how they get out of it. No, no tight end usage. You mentioned it. Um, I don't think they ran four wide receivers once. Nope. Uh, no pre-snap movement. Not, not a ton of pre-snap movement or as much as, as you might hope. Um, zero creativity, zero fluidity, Zero cohesion, zero logic, zero explosiveness, zero, 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 zero. Nick, let me ask you this. So you watched the game, right? Yes. So, all right. So you have you have two offenses that are putting in quote unquote new systems, the Patriots and you have the Dolphins with Mike McDaniel. Okay. Right. Okay. They have guys that they're paying a lot. Tyreek Hill, the guy in the trade. Like, what did you think watching the what they were doing with Tyreek and the motion and getting them open and, and you know, scripting up plays where they, you know, yeah. that, that accentuate what Tua does. Like, get rid of it, throw little slants. Like, they're doing stuff that, like, makes sense. And you're like, oh, they're trying to, they're trying to get Tyreek Hill the ball here and they're trying to do, you know, Jalen Waddle. Like, did you see that? I mean, that there couldn't be to me. There couldn't be more stark contrast than you know it, an offense that's going places with talent and an offense that's completely rudderless without talent. I think that the Patriots do have some talent offensively. Yeah, they have some. Mm-hmm. I just, I just believe that this coaching staff, from what we've seen so far, and look. Maybe Matt Patricia will wake up in week five and, and have an epiphany and, and maybe he'll learn. Maybe he will learn from the error of his ways in the first week. Maybe Belichick will watch the film and say, what the bleep are we doing? But I, I just, I think you hit the nail on the head, Greg. I don't think these players are being put in positions to succeed. And my biggest concern is about the quarterback and how much this will affect and impact his development. Cause I think right now, it is a disaster. And again, I'm not going to write everything off after week one, but we need to see a collected turnaround from a lot of people to make this thing work in a relatively quick amount of time. And it's very difficult to do that in the NFL. This is the top level of football in the world. You're playing other guys that know what they're doing are completely prepared, have experience in doing it and are well ahead of you. And so you know, this is like running a race and everybody's on lap four and you haven't even gotten to the line yet to, to get out the blocks. And so that's a problem. And, and to, to highlight your point, I mean, you could watch Tyree kill and look, did they throw the football too much to him? Yes. I mean, I, I thought you can get Jalen Waddle involved a little bit more. Mike Kosicki is, is somebody who can actually catch the football and play, you know, they, they could have done a little bit better of a job of getting it to the other guys. And I also don't think two is any great shakes. I mean, I think we saw that on Sunday, but um, to highlight the point, Tyree kill got a lot of targets, right? 
And uh, I watched the Raiders game as well. I watched three, I watched four, four full games. I watched the Patriots game, the Niners game, the Raiders game, and then Sunday night football. And watching the Raiders game on Sunday, same thing with Devontae Adams. Like it was, it was obvious. He is the guy. We traded the picks for him. We paid him the money. We're going to throw him the football. And I think he had four out of the five catches on the first drive. I think he had something like seven out of the first nine targets from Derek Carr, a concerted Mm -hmm. effort to give him the football. And what drives me crazy at times is like, I'm not telling you that John O. Smith is going to catch 10 footballs for 150 yards and two touchdowns, but, but, but the limited, the limited amount of time they get the football in that dude's hands. He made some plays. He made a couple of plays. He broke tackles. He showed yak. He, he, he had some explosion and it's like you, you see it and you go, why are you not getting that guy, the football? Like what, mm-hmm. like Hunter Henry had great chemistry with Mac Jones last year, especially in the red zone. Why are you not giving him the football? You went out and you paid a ton of money for the tight end position. And this is the second year Hunter was okay last year. But this is the set. Like I, I watch it, I go, "What the hell? Are you gonna run two tight end sets and highlight these guys or not? Like, what are you? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? You and, and it seemed like uh, I see people talking about the run game. Oh, they went away. The, they they had to go away from the run game because they were down. What? What? They were running the football pretty effectively, and then it was like Patricia just went away for it for a couple of series because mm-hmm. he was in love with taking shots down the field or doing something else. Like it. I, I just, yeah. I mean, I, let's get to Mac Jones. Uh, how did he look to you? Uh, shaky. Um, like he's regressed. I mean, I, I um, you know, I, I think a lot of Mac, I think he's good. I think he's very smart. He, he, but you know, he, he needs to have a plan. He needs to have confidence in what he's doing. Um, I, I had him for, um, seven minus decisions in this game, which is two or three games worth normally three or four games worth for him. Um, you know, where I'm just like, why is he going to the, with the ball there? And then some of it could be, you know, a lot, I know a lot in this offense is like, we're just going to run this play. That's, that's called and, you know, just run it. There's not a whole lot of audibling at the line of scrimmage. There's some checking and things like that. And you see Mac doing a bunch of hand signals. Uh, but I, I thought that he was, um, you know, largely unsettled. Didn't see it clearly. The pressure didn't help. The scheme didn't help. And that's what you kind of see. I only had him for two plus plays to throw to, uh, Jacoby Myers, the huge third and seven that felt like a lifeboat at that point that they needed to have a play like that. Nice throw, better catch by Jacoby Myers. And then the, the Kendrick Bourne throw and catch. Um, outside of that, I don't think anybody could really, uh, you know, talk about a play where Mac Jones stood out. I remember there was one third and long play where, you know, he tucked it. I think it was like third and 12 and he tucked the ball and he ran for like two or three yards he had Jacoby Myers open in the middle of the field. He threw. He 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 decided late, and to me, that's that's part and parcel to an offensive coordinator setting things up, making sure a quarterback's settled. And I think this is just sort of a continued the Mac Jones that we saw in the preseason, where he and and in training camp, where he's just doesn't have a lot of confidence in what's going on around him, and he's that that speeds up the quarterback, and he's not he's not quite himself. You said it perfectly. It almost screams like he's thinking too much. He's too he's too concerned about. All right, is the offensive line going to block for me? Are they going to blow an assignment? Uh, mm-hmm. Are we going to get the right play call in? Are we going to get it in in, in time? Uh, do I trust my receivers? Do I trust this? Do I trust that? And look, I give credit to Matt because he's going to put on the good face and and tell you everything's you know everything's progressing and every, but it's it's obvious that the Mac Jones we saw on Sunday was not the Mac Jones we saw during his rookie season. And I don't think Mac Jones woke up and forgot how to play football. So I'm not going to excuse all of his mistakes this year. Certainly not going to do that. And some of it will absolutely be on him. But when we talk about young quarterbacks and their development, this is why we say it's, it's the most crucial function of any organization in that league. When you have a young quarterback, you have to do it right. There are some questions about Trey Lance in San Francisco and whether or not Kyle Shanahan is doing it right. 
there's a lot of questions about Bill Belichick in the plan going into this season with Mac Jones. And I just hope they don't get in the way of Mac becoming better. And I feel like at least up to this point, again, very, very early, but through the off season, through the training camp, through the preseason, through the first game, they're getting in the way and they're not helping him. And that pisses me off. Uh, the offensive line play overall, Greg, how'd you feel? Uh, I didn't think it was great. I mean, I didn't think it was atrocious. I thought David Andrews had a really good game. I thought Awenu and Isaiah Wynn largely had solid games. And I thought the left side, Cole Strange was for a rookie debut was solid. Some, you know, some nice plays, some plays he wants to have back. I thought Trent Brown was terrible at left tackle. And that's just, that's, that's a huge problem. That was one of the, you know, the, the big moves by this new brain trust was, Oh, we have the same guys yet back, but we're going to jumble them all up and put them in different places. And, you know, six weeks later after camp started, it's, it's still not good. And that to me, if, if you ask me like, what's the number one thing that needs to get fixed on this offense today, right now, to get this offense started on the right foot back towards being a decent unit. No question. It's the offensive line. And, you know, just look at what's going on with the coaches and coaching there and Matt Patricia's there now. And now he's part-time offense coordinator, part-time offensive line coach. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I don't, I don't think it's working. And um, you know, God, I'd love to have a scar here. Um, just taking care of the offensive line. That's for sure. It might all turn around and, you know, again, not writing anything off, but it, it certainly does feel like it's messy. And a lot of the mess it, it you know, it, it's on Belichick's plate and, and the Belichick, I know uh, Tommy wrote about how, you know, Belichick is a little bit more optimistic uh, than usual. And he was more optimistic on Sunday after the game and said, well, it only came down to two plays and, and stuff like that. But I will give credit to Belichick. He's consistently said, like, look, this is on me. If this doesn't work, it's on me. So he stuck his neck out. And if it doesn't work, it is completely on him. And I don't know what that means for the future, but we'll get we'll get there when we get you know further down the road. But it, it does look messy right now. And they've got a lot to kind of fix offensively. Offensively, they have a lot to fix. Uh, before we get to breakdowns, three up, three down, let's get to uh, our friends at Bet Online. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one source for all your football betting needs and sports information this season. Find all the latest football odds, news, and game matchups, including this year's opening week games. Bet Online is your continued source for all your wagering information, including live betting, free contests, and live scores. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use our promo code CLNS50, that's CLNS50, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Yeah, betonline.ag uh, is the place to be. Um, the bonus, you said 50%. Is it, is it 50 or is it 100? It's 50. They had a typo last week. It wasn't my fault. I got new copy this week. Don't don't hold me to it. Don't try to sue me when you try to get your hundred percent. Yeah. So that was a mess up. It wasn't my fault. Break, people might break your balls over that. So let, we just I'm we just sure want to want to underline Sorry, people. that. All right. So yeah. Some quick breakdowns of some uh, some of the bigger plays. Uh, obviously, I just mentioned Bill Belichick said in the post game it really came down to two plays. Uh, I know my guy Evan Lazar wrote that at Patriots.com that you know two plays. It was just, you know, obviously a major difference in this in this one. Uh, let's start with the strip sack. What would you see? Uh, I think many of us believe it was on Trent Brown. But if you want to kind of dig into the details a little bit on that play. Yeah, the big thing. And I'm actually going to try to use video on some other plays coming up here. I, I didn't queue it up for these. But, you know, the, the big thing was before the snap, uh, if you're visualizing the play, Mac Jones identified the left linebacker as the Mike linebacker. That meant the other one who was Riley. So I guess it was Baker and Riley who were on the field at the time. So we identified Baker to his left as the Mike. That meant anything to the right side, including Riley, the linebacker, that's on Mac Jones. And he knew he, knew he was going front side to Riley's side. So he, he, knew, he knew his backside was protected. So once that happens, 
that means that David Andrews is going to tilt left at the snap, which is what he does. Right. So Andrews yep. takes the guy to his left. That means Cole Strange turns to and takes Mel- Melvin Ingram, who was between him and Trent Brown. And now Trent Brown is supposed to kick out and get the the the, the uh, first outside rusher that way. And Trent Brown just blocked down on Mel- 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 Melvin Ingram, and that led to the free rusher. So it, to me, it was clearly – on Trent Brown and everyone who I trust has told me, yeah, it was on Trent Brown. The old uh, hat on a hat, so to speak. And uh, Trent didn't have his hat on the right hat. <laughs> he, yep. he put, he put two hats on one dude, Melvin Ingram and uh, not good. Uh, the, the backbreaker I thought, because I thought the defense played pretty well. Were they flawless? No, but going mm-hmm. into this game, given the, given the talent level, the speed we talked about, I thought they handled themselves pretty well. I mean, they gave up, what, 13 points? Pretty good. I thought they got some good pressure on Tua. I thought the secondary played overall pretty well. couple of plays you want back, Jack Jones, dude, you got to make that pick. That guy's got hands like feet. I, he, that's the second time I've seen him have both hands on a football and just have no idea how to, how to bring it in. And he allowed Tyree Kill to snatch that from him. That was a big play. And yep. Miles Bryant having absolutely zero awareness that Devin McCourty was getting ready to catch the fair punt uh, yep. that <laughs> Tua threw up for grabs mm-hmm. as Miles dives across and tries to make an amazing highlight play. <laughs> Those you want back. But I thought the defense overall played pretty well. Obviously, the back-breaking play was at the end of the first half, that Waddle TD, Greg. Uh, whose fault? What went wrong? Ugh, it was bad. Yeah, so um... – you know, let's actually start a play before that because, you know, Matthew Judon had a sack on second and 10. So now it's third and 19 and you're like, okay, here we go. This is where somewhat reminded me of the Dallas game last year where it was third and forever. And I think they got 19 yards and then they were able to, uh, what they do kick a field goal, I think to, to take the lead. Um, This reminded me of that, you know, getting 12 yards. I thought, uh, Adrian Phillips, who got hurt on that play, was very late diagnosing um, the only route in that area in the middle of the field. It's a pass that could have been broken up. He was late. So that's 12 yards. Now it's fourth and seven at the New England 42. Uh, we got a member question that we're going to talk about later. I might as well address it here because he did ask, like, uh, he asked about personnel on the play. I more had a question about, you know, the play call. So they ran. In my opinion, they ran cover one funnel, one funnel, which is one middle of the field safety. And in this case, it was Kyle Duggar. Jabril Peppers had come in for Adrian Phillips, was I think on a tight end on one, on the right side of the field. And Devin McCourty was on Chase Edmonds, the running back. Uh, you know, in most circumstances, would you like that flipped? Would you like McCourty in the in the middle of the field and Duggar up on the running back? Yes, but obviously the obviously that was a matchup thing that the Patriots wanted. Maybe they didn't trust Duggar in the open field against Chase Edmond or what have you, but that's how they ended up. So one funnel, basically all the defensive backs know they have help in the middle of the field, and they have help in the middle of the field by two people, Juwan Bentley, the middle linebacker, and Kyle Duggar is the fail-safe last line of defense. And so Jalen Mills lets Jalen Waddle go to the middle, which he's supposed to funnel funnel the player to where you have help. The prop, there were two right. problems on this play. Juwan Bentley, I, for some reason, drifted off his mark, or what I think his mark should be. I think he should have been in the middle of the field. If he's there looking around, hey, which routes are coming in the middle, all of a sudden he starts floating over to – to Jalen Waddle, and if he doesn't, you know, get a hand on the pass, then he's there to help make the initial tackle. That doesn't happen. He was out of position. Tua threads the ball in there, and then of course you have Kyle Duggar, who initially, when he breaks down, is in position, but for some reason he leans to his left, and that's all it took for Jalen Waddle to be gone for a touchdown. Wasn't good. Two man under it was asking to go to the member question why Bentley was on and was in on that play. And, uh, you know, why not play dime or dollar? Um, some of those questions, as you mentioned. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just it, it was obviously not good. All right, let's, let's break down a couple of drives that you want to look at. The scoring drive, you mentioned people might say, oh, they scored. You don't yep. think it was 
a very good drive. And I think there are one or two more that you want to go through. So I'll kind of sit back. You've got the screen up for people on YouTube, which is awesome. Uh, if you want to watch the podcast, Greg, you know, Greg is now a technical whiz. He's got this screen sharing thing. He, he's learning as he goes. But the man is learning here and uh, he's going to break some stuff down. So I'm going to watch it like you watch it at home. And Greg's going to take over on these drives. So, Greg, take it away, my man. And feel free to ask any questions. So, I mean, this actually started, you know, first and 10, a couple of plays. I'm on, right now I'm on the fourth and one play. A couple of plays before this, first and 10, Jacoby Myers had the easy sort of reception. Keon Crossan blew the coverage. Uh, the defensive coordinator wanted to rip Keon's face off where he just very easily <laughs> caught a ball, went out of bounds, seven yards. So it's second and three. So then they go, Stevenson off left tackle, no gain. Great, great blocking up front. Third and three, Damian Harris gets like two yards, maybe. But so this brings up the fourth and one. Okay, so the Patriots are uh, are going for it. Okay, the Dolphins are late. They're going. They they have uh, two to the left. Is this? Uh... Okay, that that's like Harris. Harrison. That's Harris. Okay, um, but so what's going to happen here? Is so you have Harris and Devontae Parker, you have Jacoby yep. Myers, and you have Johnny Smith. And oh, I think this is is this Aguilar? Yeah, it's Aguilar. They had him in the background. So what you're gonna have here is Jacoby Myers is setting a pick right there for they think they're gonna get the they really wanted to get Aguilar in the flat here, but uh, I think it's Baker reacts well, he sees it coming, he's out there. Okay, so the rub route. The pick play just does not work. This was, it wasn't a good play call for this coverage. They, they rushed up to the line. They didn't really know what they had and couldn't check out of it. So you have Jacoby Myers laying a pick down here. You're going to have another sort of rub route right here between Damian Harris and Jonu Smith. Okay. He, Harris is open in the middle of the field. You'll see from the end zone as a lot of traffic. And really, he doesn't have anything at this point. And so he's just thrown. I hate to cut you off, but are you closer to the mic? Because you're coming across a little bit hot now. wonder if you're, oh. is your, has no. your angle changed because you're going over it? I don't think okay. so. I want to make sure that I'm screaming at people. Am That's better hot? Okay. No, it's better now. I'll, st I'll stay away. So watching from the end zone, you know, really they think they're going to get man coverage, maybe a blitz in Aguilar. We're going to sneak him out of the backfield, be really sneaky. The Dolphins right. were somewhat alert, it looks like, to Aguilar being out here. They have it fended off. They thought this linebacker was going to be in man coverage. And, in and Baker actually makes a really nice play by kicking out on Aguilar. Now, basically, the play's screwed up. And you do have – it'd be nice if Harris just sat here in the zone, but he keeps going across, and that's not going to work. Now, Jacoby Myers and Damian Harris run into each other, which is awesome. <laughs> and uh, now – uh, a who's giving up a pressure and they just throw up a prayer. That's fourth and one. They, this is, this is a scheme play where they're like, Oh, we're going to have this. A Landon Roberts is going to be in coverage, which he probably is, but Baker kicks out on it. And basically what they wanted is blown dead. Okay. But they get away with the penalty, uh, which basically bails them out, which I thought was a gift. Okay. Now we're going to come up here to Stevenson run for no gain. So we had a prayer. This is the second no gain run in about four plays. Jeez. Entire line. just Yeah. Yeah. Three or four guys in the backfield as Stevenson got the football. My God. That's bad. So this, this should be a decent run, except Cole strange here. See how he gives up leverage. He, you know, he's yeah. supposed to be on the inside shoulder. He's got help here. He's supposed to be on the inside shoulder to to basically give a lane. There should be a lane there for Stevenson to run through. But Cole Strange loses leverage. Jonu Smith loses leverage. I think that's Isaiah Wynn. It's a party in the backfield. Right. Three Dolphins right there to meet Ramondre Three Stevenson. guys as soon as, as soon as you have a fourth guy coming in around the corner, but you had three guys. You literally had three dudes in the backfield as soon as Stevenson gets the football. Yep, and here's the Johnu Smith play that you liked. I think he busts a couple uh, a couple tackles, but again, this is a bit of a bust by the Dolphins. It's very accidental. Hey, play action, okay? He's supposed to be 
do you see these two receivers? This is this is Myers here, and this is Aguilar. This is yep. play action, boom, over the middle. You have an under, and you have an over. And Aguilar should be coming on the over route, but watch what Aguilar does. Well, I'm going to run into the same area as Jacoby Myers. <laughs> for I have n- no idea what reason. Oh, my God. Like, this should... Nelson Aguilar should be wide open right here. Mac Mac say, is it, looking it, there. If he runs the right route, it's 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 a it's it's a big play. It's one on one with the safety, but he doesn't run yep. the right route. Give Johnny Smith the Dolphins miss a couple tackles. You know, watch Johnny Smith here. Got some good finish to this play. That's what I like. He had, he this had is the, finish. Yeah, this is Janu's coverage guy, and he just gets caught in the wash on the play action. He, they, the Dolphins were probably startled that the Patriots actually ran play action. So, he, so he's trying to catch up, and he's late. It really should be about a two-yard gain, but uh, they screwed up. So now they're in the red zone, okay? And I'm even thinking in the press box, I'm like, all right, Hunter Henry time, Janu Smith yeah. time. Um, here we go. And what do they do? First play. First down, eight-yard line. So first and goal from the eight. Max in the shotgun. He puts Smith in motion. He's got Harris to his left in the backfield. So no motion motion here. Did anybody run motion? No motion. No motion. Henry in the the slot. You've got Parker and uh, Myers as your outside receivers with Harris lined up, like I said, in the backfield with with Mack and Shotgun. Right. So this is the kind of what they're going to do is I think they're going to run like double slants inside and they're going to flare Harris out. This is okay. That's what you run against man, not against zone. The Dolphins are just sitting in zone. So even if this pass gets deflected in the flat, yeah, see how they're both running and he's almost setting Hunter Henry setting like a pick. He thinks it's there. They think it's going to be man coverage. It's not, it gets deflected, but even if Harris catches the ball, there's a defender right there. So it's first play in the first time they get in the red zone all day. And they throw in the flat to Damian Harris. Okay. Wonderful. Um, I don't think there was anything on the protection here. I think they're. Yeah. Now. Okay. Here we go. Second down. Dolphins look to be in zone again. So what are we going to call? Are we going to, is Matt going to check into something? Okay. They're not in man to man. We're going to run zone. This is what I mean. People where I don't understand what they're doing, why they're running this against this coverage. Yeah. So let me, let me just kind of paint this for the people that can't oh, on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got, if we can go you got back trips there to the left, a... you got Parker yep, Myers Smith, you have yep. Harris offset right to Jones and Hunter Henry is is detached from the formation to his right. And the Dolphins are sitting in a two deep five under red zone, typical zone. Okay, they're not show. They have three guys on the line. They're not showing any type of pressure or anything like this. And what's going to happen is. Harris is going to run into the flat. And Max going to throw it right away. Okay. Whereas I think Johnu Smith inside yeah. against Baker, I think that's the play. But Mac doesn't even look that way, so he just throws it short. And guess what? There's three Dolphins there to tackle him. Why is Mac? Why is Mac not looking that way? If you, I don't know. If, I don't. I think it's this, this. is what I don't understand, Nick. I don't understand the the Mac of last year would look and be like, right, that this play is not going to go go anywhere. I'm going to throw the slant. Or I'm going to look right and come back to the slant. But now a play like this, I think that I think that he I think they're almost designed place where I think he's looking Hunter Henry first, he didn't have him, then he goes to the flat. But that's very simplistic. Very it's it's very simplistic. Because he does look at I Hunter think Henry. I, I think you're absolutely right, by the way. When you watch that play, Smith is open. You can if you if you can buzz that into it, I mean, yep. I, I think he's there. I mean, right, I, it's know like that, this I know this side of the if this side of the field doesn't even exist on this play. Yeah, where yep. that that would not have happened last year. Okay, he's and looking LSU, strictly to the right side of the field. So again, you know, you've got you've got Smith kind of running from the left out of the slot into the middle of the field, and then you know Mac just looks over strictly to the right side of the football field, doesn't even give a glance to to smith and it looks like smith has an opportunity for a touchdown there 
Yeah, see, that that is a play that I can't tell you why they ran that play. Last year, I'd be like, they're definitely, he's looking right, knowing that he's going to have an open window to Johnny Smith on the left. That's what would have happened last year. This year, I, I can't tell you why they did this. So here's the touchdown, and this is just a complete bust by, I think, Howard. Because if you watch him here, he stays in man coverage with Devontae Parker. Everybody else is watching the backfield. Everybody else is in zone, except Howard has his back here. And he just leaves Phillips, uh, Jalen Phillips, out to dry. And he's so wide open that he crawls into the end zone. See, that, like, that's not a good play. That is a bad play by the Dolphins. Because I think one player, yeah, see, he... He chugged him at the line, which normally he would chug him and then go into the flat. But for some reason, yeah, he kept going. Yeah. yeah, And everybody else has their eyes in the backfield. Everybody else is playing zone. They're all looking for matching a little bit. And Howard's the only one playing man. And so that's, that's one sequence. So now you understand why I'm like not enamored, even though they scored. Um, I wanted to look at, I mean, I think it's, I think it's a great look, Greg, into exactly what you were talking about earlier, showing people what you mean by, it doesn't seem like there's any kind of logical plan behind what you're calling in that moment. And especially what the defense is showing you, you're, you're not really reacting to what the defense is showing you. You're, you're calling a play and you're letting the play just kind of roll. And whatever happens, happens. Yep. And this is the play, I think. Okay, so this that was the play where Mac got leveled. So this is the real, after the penalty, this is third and six to Jacoby Myers. This is a play I think I put on, on Mac. I think it's there for him. I think he could have gotten spooked by the pressure before. So there's, there's uh, two receivers to the right plus the tight end. They keep Mont, I think, or is that Stevenson in? And Parker is left of the boundary. And so Jacoby Myers is going to be in the slot. The Dolphins, before the snap, are showing cover two. They have two deep safeties. They are going to rotate into cover three, I think. Yes. See how the slot cornerback rotates. Yep. And now they're in. Actually, this is a cover two. They changed it. This is a this is a neat little. So he's now the deep safety. And now they're right. playing five across here. They're yep. playing Tampa. The linebacker in the middle of the field is running to Johnny Smith. That's when the ball hit him in the butt. I think Mac might have been confused here on what kind of defense they're playing because right now, Myers is the guy. It's, he should be getting the ball now, and it's late, and then it hits the linebacker in the butt. Yeah, he was there. You're right. It, it was late. It was late getting he got to him. hit. This is a Trent Brown hit as well. Watch Cole Strange and Trent Brown on the left side. So it's Zyler who had a good game. Trent gives a little bit of help, but then he loses leverage against Ogba when really that should be Montgomery's guy. Now I was going to say Montgomery, Montgomery and, doesn't do Yeah, Montgomery and I think I split this between Montgomery and Wynn. Oh, so ends up Ogba ends up getting the hit, which was Trent Brown's guy on this. So another hit yep. from Trent Brown here, which still to me the ball was late by Mac. So that's uh, that's third and six. Let's go forward to all right. The last two plays we're going to look at are the third and three, the run to Montgomery. Here it is. So what the hell was that? <laughs> third and three montgomery up the middle what look here i'll show you gonna, on the end it, zone like what, you run the I, football there Ob. you run the football i would think because you know you're saying to yourself all right well if we if we don't get it we're going to run another play right but still if you're going and i understand the idea of montgomery as a pass receiving back so maybe you're throwing him for a loop a little bit but if I'm handing the football off on a third and three at midfield, I'm giving it to either Stevenson or Harris uh, for, with all due respect to Montgomery. And this, this kind 100%. of, you know, one of the things that, one of the things that, that would bug me about uh, McDaniels and I look, and I think McDaniels overall is a really good play call, a really good offensive coordinator, but he's not flawless. And, and he had some things that drove me nuts. 
and he, he did this on Sunday and I tweeted out a joke about it, but the, like, you know, every once in a while he'd have like a third and two, third and three. And here comes Brandon Bolden handoff right up the middle for a yard. And it's like, what the bleep are we doing? And I, I just had flashbacks of that. When I see Montgomery get the handoff on third and three straight up the gut, it's I, I don't get it. Yeah. So I wonder again, they're in 12 personnel with, uh, and, and right now we're looking at the end zone view. We're looking at Mac Jones, the butt of the Dolphins. So to our left, the Patriots' right is Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, because God forbid they're in anything else except 12 personnel. Um, Ty Montgomery is the running back. What's interesting on this play, again, this is another play where I don't understand what they're doing this year compared to last year. The The Dolphins are showing, not quite to a T, but they're showing what's called a bear front. Uh, where they are covering up the center and the two guards. So it would make sense. You see this. They only have they have one linebacker, one stack linebacker. You know, they have a lot of defensive backs on the field. They should be able to run the ball here with these numbers, especially if you run outside, because on Hunter Henry's side, you have basically three dolphins for four blockers. Plus you have another guy with the running back. You don't account for that guy. If, if the numbers are even, you're like, okay, he's got to make a play. But right. instead, normally you see this and you check to a run that goes off tackle, go off tackle, probably off of Isaiah Wynn. I think this is Yadni Kajust at this time, which is part of the problem here. Um, and instead they go up the middle where the big guys are. And Siler completely makes Yadni Kajus whiff right here. This is this is something else for this. Watch this. Just completely oh sidesteps Yadni Kajus. <laughs> Look at John Smith. John, John, John is infuriated. He's just frustrated. Wow. He just blows by Kajus. Yep. And, you know, it'd be nice if – I mean, look – again, this is a failure of execution. It really is where could you, two guys are going for Zyler here. You got to make that block. And if they do, they probably, they probably pick it up because there's nobody there, but it's bad execution. I don't love the the play call. I don't mind the run. I don't like the personnel, but now that leads us to fourth and three, which um, this was largely the last hurrah um, with Aguilar's fumble. And this is another play where uh, they have trips to the right, Parker, Myers, Henry. They have Johnu Smith, 12 personnel again. No motion on this play, as you'll see. Ty Montgomery's in the, in, in the backfield. I want you to watch Devontae Parker here. And now we're back. Now Max doesn't have anything. We're back in the playground football. He's pointing to people to go. This is the way you want your your game decided. So I, the reason I want you to watch Devontae Parker, watch him on this play and watch Max's head. He he looks right. He sees that they're going to have something here. The Dolphins. They're playing a version of cover two, but Devontae Parker comes out. Howard stays in the flat with Myers. If if Parker stops right here, which Max looking right at him, Mac is looking right at Parker for him to do just stop or go to the sideline. Yeah, just stop yep. right there. Mac puts it on him. They convert. They go. But what does Parker do? He keeps running right at the safety. And now Mac's like, well, I have nothing. Now it's playground ball. And you'll see from the end zone shot, you'll see again, watch the stripe on Max helmet. Like you'll see, well, from the front, you'll be able to see the face mask, but watch him look right the entire time. He sees something coming. He knows he's going to have something. He's looking right at Parker, still looking right yep. at Parker, still time. looking. And now he's like, Sit. all right. And then Trent Brown Sit. tackles somebody. So that's a little <laughs> bit of a look for you guys on YouTube. Um, for sort of what I'm talking about when I'm confused by what the Patriots are doing. All right, quickly, so, because I'm running out that. of light in my yep. room. 
Let's see, like standing up and putting the light on. Yeah. So, um, let's let, let's go with the three up, three down quickly, Greg. Uh, let's go with your three up. Yeah, my three up, uh, Matthew Judon. I thought he was a game wrecker. He had a sack, two hits, two hurries. Jacoby Myers, I thought was great. Um, a great couple catches. Um, and Dietrich Wise, I thought had a really strong game. Yeah. Three quarterback pressures, did well against the run. Again, I, I thought their defense was was pretty good, you know, yep. given the circumstance. Uh, I thought Duggar played well. Obviously, the fourth and seven play, we go back to that. But uh, I thought he made about four or five high-level one-on-one tackles, a couple of them downhill, Tyreek Hill one-on-one, very difficult. And I, I thought Duggar inside the box played pretty well from what I saw. Obviously, I haven't watched the All-22, but, you know, watching on Sunday uh, – he made he made some impact plays. I thought Ty Montgomery again, relatively speaking, your expectations. I thought he played pretty well. And, and Jalen Mills, along with the secondary, you know, to hold Tyree Kill under 100 yards. And if you don't, and I know if if they they did it, so it is what it is. But if you don't have that bust at the end of the of the first half, you know that that confusion and Duggar taking a bad angle and all. If you play that play correctly and you execute they kept Waddle to be almost invisible in this game. So you take that catch away. And again, I know it's a big catch, but I thought they did a pretty good job against their weapons. Three down. Uh, Trent Brown. Uh, yep. I, I thought he, I had him for um, zero plus plays, eight minus plays in this game. Um, Mac Jones. I had two plus plays, seven minus plays. That's not good for him, even though, again, I don't think it's all his fault. I'm not excusing him. Some of the plays he has to make, but you also have to look at, you know, what he's working with. And I thought Raquan McMillan really struggled in coverage. And I think they're still figuring things out at linebacker and put me on the train of play Mac Wilson more. At least yeah. if he's going to make mistakes, he's going to go 100 miles an hour. And the chances he's going to blow somebody up, which he did in that game. I agree with you on Wilson. Just play him. Just, mm-hmm. your, your guy, Ty Vi. Jelani, Jelani Patricia was out there. I saw, I saw his ass out there a few times. Yep, bunch of unblocked uh, pressures. Aguilar fumble. Um, Matt Patricia, you get a, you get a down because you stunk. And yeah, I mean Trent Brown was awful. So, well, there you have it, folks. Uh, it was not great on film, but hopefully you learned some stuff from Greg today. Uh, you know, again, it's week one, so we, I don't want to completely write everybody off here, but. Uh, yeah, it was not good. Hopefully it gets better against the Steelers. The Steelers have their own issues, which we'll get into, I'm sure, later in the week. Uh, until then, everybody be good, be safe, be healthy. He's Greg. I'm Nick. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles, brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag.